The following SpongePod is brought to you by the Krusty Krab. Tim, do you like fast food? I would say I like I like most fast food: Subway, uh, Taco Bell, okay. cheap stuff. Cheap okay, stuff. you like cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think that most fast food is trash, unlike my buddy Tim, uh, let me tell you that the Krusty Krab is legit. Okay, Mr. Krabs invited me back very recently, and I honestly was just amazed at the process of how they they really made all their food. Everything is made to order, and their ingredients are all real. None of this fake cheese, none of this fake burger. It's all real to me, an all real experience. You know, I I have also met Mr. Crab, although I did not get the back tour. Oh yeah, you met him. You met this character. I I did. Yeah. What's his favorite color? Then Tim. Uh, Red. Oh, red. It's because of his skin. Because he's red. Wow. (laughs) Is that accidentally? Wow. Season two's gone to a racist component. (laughs) Yeah. Is it accidentally racist? All right. Check out the Krusty Crab for all the authentic food experience. to the sponge pod the official unofficial podcast of spongebob squarepants where we overanalyze every single episode and get down to the bikini bottom of your fan theories i'm your host and in-house spongebob expert eric are you ready tim aye aye captain awesome season two (laughs) season two season two is better than season one it is gonna be we're also not gonna take a year and a half off in between Each episode. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it was the finances, right? Yeah. Our financial department. Our producers just couldn't keep up with our speed, and so they had to No, I could tell you about all the different things that I was doing. I'll probably tell you that I was busy. But to be honest, I really wasn't that busy. I don't know. It just kind of fell away from us. We're not really financially tied to this whole thing. But, hey, big shout-out to the people who have been really pushing us to get back into the studio, the studio being my living room. Um, big shout-out to Rick Morgan and Shelby Watson. I actually rolled a dice roll. We do this betting system, and I lost the dice roll and was supposed to get the sponge pot on about a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about But I lost roll. that bet. But I am gonna, I'm going to come through on this one. So we are so happy to be back. We hope that we will not take another year and a half to do episode 17. Um, but all that to be said, um, if you want to see a profile, a social media profile that hasn't done anything since last April, go check out our Twitter, our Facebook, and our YouTube. We're going to start activating some of that stuff back up and, and try, to get, uh, try to get back with you guys. Um, if, if you have a question, shoot us an email at thespongepod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we have a really great episode today, the Squeaky Boots episode, uh, episode 16. A pretty cool episode. It's one of those pivotal episodes that I think a lot of people remember about uh, SpongeBob. Um, it's a really, it's just, it's just one of those like iconic ones, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, it starts. I mean, it's got it's typical SpongeBob where it starts very like. Starts very minimal premise. Oh, yeah. And then just goes off the rails rails. (laughs) by the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. We're also going to be speaking with our fashionista, Julia Little. Uh, she doesn't know that we're speaking with her yet, but we're gonna <laughs> coax her into it. Uh, let's go. Let's go right into the first act. Eugene is performing a truly daunting dance for his daughter Pearl and her friends at her birthday party. And Pearl goes to open all of her presents to find her father indeed did not get her one of the new flipper slippers that the rest of her friends had, but actually bought her some massive rubber boots. 
right? Her friends laugh at her as Eugene has now ruined Pearl's life for good. Eugene goes back to his office at the Krusty Krab, lamenting that he spent a pretty penny on the boots and decides to entice SpongeBob to take them off his hands. Our, our hero falls for this bait and agrees to take them off Krusty Krab's hands for the steep price of a paycheck and a painting of the Krusty Krab for free. SpongeBob hops into his new boots, excited about his new purchase. Now, the first thing I want to note about this is just, it's just daunting that literally every episode that, that like Eugene is in, he seems to be the enemy. Yeah, he's like nonstop. Almost, he's almost like a lovable enemy somewhat, but you're like, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, you kind of want him to be, you kind of want him to succeed ultimately and <laughs> right. not get hurt too bad. You know, like this yeah. episode, we see him break both of his legs. Right. And I think there's this moment where you're like, the first one breaks and you're like, heh, he fell out the window. Right. But the second one breaks, you're like, man, I feel bad. He broke <laughs> both of his legs. You know, there's like a certain threshold of like pain that you want like Eugene yeah. to go through. You know, did you find something uh, fan theory wise? I did. Uh, yeah, we've got um, a fan theory from... Uh, user Seamonster23 star 3 on spongebob.com. Uh, he, she, it, or they says the flipper slippers design is based off of a Dutch wooden shoe. This is proof that Bikini Bottom is located right outside of Europe, as these shoes were obviously trash that floated away from a nearby location. Which that is, we've heard that theory quite quite a so, bit. Yeah, yeah and I, I kind of like it. I actually, uh, my dad was actually born in Holland. And so when, when I was like a little kid, we went to the Netherlands, uh, which for some of you uh, geographical times, those are, <laughs> that's the same country. I didn't know that. It took me for like, it took me years after going to the, to like the Netherlands to know that Holland and the Netherlands were the same. Anyway, we did get some wooden shoes. I believe I have them in storage somewhere. But uh, yeah, that tracks that this is like, this is the design of it is pretty similar, especially for like, from what I can tell, it doesn't seem as though many of the showrunners have a whole lot of a, like a Dutch heritage, you know, it, like it just doesn't seem like, it seems like they were mostly Americans. Mm-hmm. I might be completely wrong on that though. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think I am the expert, so I should know these things. <laughs> the other thing that really hit me is just the ability for um, Mr. Krabs to just think on his feet. You know, like his ability to create this like backstory for these like, you know, it's almost like he went to Walmart and like he should be a salesman for Walmart. Yeah, because he went to he went to a place that has just like the most normal. Yes, I'm taking a shot at you, Walmart. Um, just the most normal like apparel. Yeah. And he's able to just spin it in a way <laughs> in which like the person actually wants to buy and wear that thing. Yeah. You know, he basically spent two dollars on a shoe. And like, let's just assume, you know, that. That SpongeBob is like making a normal salary. Yeah. You know, like a two week paycheck is like what, thirteen hundred usually, like yeah, eleven $1, hundred dollars or yeah. so. Eleven $1, hundred dollars. He has to buy paint for the entire store. <laughs> right. Which is easily like easily I mean, just the material alone would yeah. probably cost like two or three hundred dollars. Yeah. And, you know, the physical service of painting it would be, I mean, if you're charging by the, you know, the hour, easily another like two or three, four hundred. Yeah. At the very least. And that's like not Charlie Grimes numbers. (laughs) That's like, that's like Eric doing it like, you know, with a bag of coffee type thing. Right. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he easily like 
gutted them for two grand. Yeah. Oh, a solid two grand. Yeah. yeah. And for, for $2, you know, pair of shoes. I don't know. And, and all that to be said, SpongeBob also needs to learn basic economics. He has to realize that like, and I'm in a fantasy football league. You know, there's a lot of fantasy football drafts going on right now. And a lot of people make trades that are just like goofy. You know, they make trade offers where you're like, I'm going to trade you this really great player for two really crappy players. You know, like the two crappy players, if you stack them on top of each other, they're, they're two really, they're one really good person, you know? So yeah, SpongeBob needs to learn himself some economics. Um, going right into the second act, uh, Krusty Krab is squeaking as SpongeBob is busy at work, wearing his new shoes. It is starting to annoy everyone. As we all know, that sound of the squeak is pretty horrid. Uh, SpongeBob continues to show off his new abilities due to the boots while irritating Squidward in the process. Mr. Krabs, while sleeping, starts to hear the squeak in his sleep. After a sleepless night, Squidward demands a vacation because of SpongeBob's squeaky boots. Uh, Mr. Krab watches SpongeBob perform with his boots, all while continuing to be haunted by our hero's squeaky boots. Now, in this in this scene, not only do we see Mr. Krabs uh, break his two legs, basically in the middle of the night. He, he rips them in half, yeah. which is even more daunting than breaking them, right? Because the next scene we see just some, some like some light tape around, tape around it. Yeah. It. yeah. And, and it's just ridiculous that he just rips his leg in half, and all of a sudden, like, it's all good. He just, you know, he's good. That's the way Mr. Krabs is. But not only did he break his legs, um, he's just, like, really daunted and guilty by um, by selling this thing, and I think it really is the thousand percent uptake that he <laughs> right, took yeah. on the shoes. But I mean, what do you think? What do you think he's really haunted by? Like, is there a moral compass to Mr. Krabs? Yeah, I mean, I wonder. I wonder if part of it that plays into it is like um, he feels guilty about also not getting Pearl what she wanted. Like, so he's still okay. like, kind of guilty over that, and then this like just combines together. So it's almost like double disappointment. Like he disappointed <laughs> right, yeah. SpongeBob inherently by selling him some shoes that he had no business buying at that price. But also the fact that his daughter is just really disappointed in him. Yeah. And now it's probably the laughing stock of the school. <laughs> you know, his daughter is now going to gain probably, uh, you know, let or, or sorry, lose some friends. Right. She's probably going to lose that scholarship, you know, that she was going <laughs> to go to college with. She's probably gonna become like uh, some some medial job, mm-hmm. you know, working at the Krusty Krab. Working at the Krusty Krab, <laughs> working right with her dad. She tells everybody that, oh, I own the business. Yeah, uh, but secretly she's crying in the inside because she wanted to be a movie star. She wanted to be a singer, right? <laughs> oh, and it all right. started off. It all started off with these stupid shoes. It all started with the shoes. It's a really dark spongebob episode and then one day she's gonna have kids she's gonna look at the kids and say you have all the opportunities i don't have right <laughs> she's gonna look at the kids and say that to the kids and then and then the kids are gonna be off and they're gonna be hippies because she's a conservative right they're gonna be hippies they're gonna be liberals yeah. and then it's just gonna create just this generational confusion <laughs> for the rest of the crap cra- the eugene you know family Crab's tree line. yeah, yeah. The, the they're gonna be like, Mom, come to my improv show, and it's like, No, I can't go to another improv show. <laughs> I can't do another improv show. I know that you're an improv, you're an improv master. You also, you're a vegetarian, right? You also can't, you, you can't eat uh, anything that's hotter than 25 degrees. Whatever's hip in the future, you know. 
I don't know. That that last one's probably stupid. But did you find something on on social media? Uh, yeah. Um, this one comes from Reddit user Dookie Do two nine three two. Nice name. Um, great name. Um, this is a situation in SpongeBob where we see the placebo effect in full. SpongeBob wasn't given shoes that would actually affect the way he works. He only believes he has because Mr. Krabs told him so. That's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah, but he's is really he, he's putting up. Is the, the placebo effect real though? I mean, do you do people is that like a legitimate science thing? I'd love for someone to shoot us an email and say, hey, that is real. Because I feel like that's a bunch of bull. I think I mean the real key to the placebo effect, I believe, is not knowing. Yeah. That um, makes sense. But it yeah. there, it's just it seems hilarious to me that you know, and I, I guess I don't know how serious the disease has ever been that the placebo effect oh, has ever true, been yeah. used on. But it, it seems ridiculous to me that there's like a pill that could affect, you know, your bodily symptoms around cancer. And right. then you give a you give a person a sugar pill saying, hey, this is going to you know solve all your dreams. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're an NFL football quarterback. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're like playing for the Bills because the Bills sign people like that. Right. And like all of a sudden they're doing it. You know, like it just it just doesn't make any sense to me that that a sugar pill can, you know, can can reroute your body like that. Well, anyway, moving on to the third act, Mr. Krabs finally blows a fuse. He runs into the office to be released of the agony of the boots. That night, Eugene sneaks into SpongeBob's home and steals the boots. Clearly the professional work of someone to join George Clooney in the next Oceans film. Mr. Krabs is relieved to not hear the boots anymore. SpongeBob comes into work distraught over losing the boots, only sending Mr. Krabs into more of a guilt-ridden depression. Eugene starts to hear the squeaks in his everyday life, and this throws him into a manic state. He grabs the boots from under the store and eats them. The entire store looks on at horror as Mr. Krabs has truly gone local. He finally takes a vacation with his daughter after some stress has been, you know, like taken off. But then he hiccups and he hears the boots. What a twist at the what end there. What a twist. Right? This is, um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but this was actually directed by Darren Aronofsky. Because, <laughs> holy crap, the end, of this, the end of this thing will give you a bit of a hangover. <laughs> if you're, like, really watching the art, yeah. you know, for a normal SpongeBob, where it's just it makes you happy, it makes you all floaty. You know, the end of this thing will really and it's and it's funny because like the way this was blocked together, it was blocked together with the space one. Oh yeah. And the space one gets kind of spooky too. Yeah. The space one gets kind of it's the space one where basically SpongeBob and Patrick believe they've gone to the moon, but they're actually at the at you know, they're actually in bikini bottom. And basically they start bagging all their friends, you know, and it's like kind of this weird, like, okay, SpongeBob and Patrick have gone kind of off the rails. Yeah. This one we see Pat or sorry, uh, Eugene going off the rails. Yeah. And so I don't know, man, they were trying to get under their, uh, under their audience or something like that. Uh, Tim, what'd you find? Um, I found this fan theory, uh, on FaceTime from cool cats, drew two, two, nine, one. Uh, they say, this SpongeBob episode proves the merit of good deal-making. It is a usual occurrence to see someone hearing squeaks as a psychological trauma after ripping someone off. Wow. Yeah. Have I you mean, ever heard? Uh, I guess I haven't really ripped too many people off Yeah. to be able to like legitimize this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I guess that seems kind of real. 
It could it could be a manifestation. I mean, I think that guilt sort of comes up in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, when I was a kid, I was like, I got guilt. I felt like the feeling of guilt whenever the um, the garage door mm-hmm. went up because I was like, oh man, I did something wrong. Here <laughs> comes here comes dad to kind of mess with me <laughs> or not mess. Wow, that sounded horrible. Here comes my dad to discipline me for doing something wrong, and I didn't, you know, I didn't always do something wrong. Yeah, but it, I, I still got that feeling sometimes. Yeah. But I, I guess that does. I mean, did you ever have any triggers as a kid or even nowadays? I mean, honestly, what's funny is like. Also, the garage door. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny that that many people have dealt with the trauma of the garage door. Yeah, I like kind of like I mean you were just talking about it, but you kind of like stop, look around. Dishes. What did I do today? Dishes done. Okay, clothes, hamper. All right, good. We're kind of we're good. (laughs) I'm I'm alive. What should I look like I'm doing when they open the door? Exactly. Exactly. Tim, I want to have a serious conversation with you about religion. Okay, I think I'm ready. Okay, so how much do you worship your your morning coffee? Oh, uh, morning coffee went different direction than I thought. Um, Maybe li- little bit, little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. You have the faith of a mustard seed <laughs> to your coffee. Is that correct? I would say even less. Even less. <laughs> even than, less oh than. Oh my than gosh! How do you expect? I have no faith. To wake up, how do you expect to have a far too early bowel movement without your morning Joe? I don't know where we've gone <laughs> off the rails with this thing. Well, if you're very specific about starting off your day on the right flipper, make sure to check out Last Chance Coffee located near Bass Vegas. This is the last chance to grab some morning Joe before the edge of the world. Okay? So, Tim, if you want to get better at having a more religious behavior experience, yeah. experience with your coffee, I would encourage you to check out Last Chance Coffee, and I would en- encourage you to get a, a group of guys together to keep you accountable for your coffee intake. Can you agree to this? I think so. That's yeah. the only way to get yourself up in the morning. <laughs> Last Chance Coffee. Welcome back to the Sponge Pod. We're here with a special, special guest. We're here with the Schmools herself, Julia Little, our fashionista. How's it going, Julia? It's going great. So happy to be here. Awesome. You are wearing a very fashionable attire. Absolutely. You want to describe yourself? Of course. Right now, I'm wearing a crown of porcupine thorns. Yes, it's very pointy. As well as a very fitted crop top, like yeah, very fitted. And it and it looks just exquisite. Like it looks like something we could eat. Yes, that's exactly how I was going to describe yeah. it. Yeah, very um, good. And then I just have a flowing sweatpants skirt. Skirt. Yeah. So it's comfortable, but it's also fashionable. People look at me when I walk down the street. Yeah, in general. But also with but this But also on. with specifically this outfit Exactly, on. exactly. Well, we were talking about a highly fashionable episode of the SpongeBob. It's not the SpongeBob, it's the SpongeBob. And um, we, are, we we're just talking fashion. And in this episode, you know, we see Pearl. She kind of deals with her father being cheap, buying her these big rubber boots. Um, how fashionable are those rubber boots currently compared to the wooden-looking flipper slippers that she was wearing. 
for the time that the show was on, the okay. flipper slippers, height of fashion. Height, okay. Height, but quickly faded. The quickly. black rubber boots, that's kind of what would be compared to mom jeans, but now they're called okay. high-waisted jeans. High-waisted, yeah. Timeless. See, I would never know the difference. I'm just wearing the same football shirt that I wore back in high school right now. Um, so I'm really happy you're on. It, so why did they go out of? Why did the flipper slippers go out of fashion? Is it because they're made of wood and they can literally, you know, splinter your feet? Yes, there were too many foot injuries. Okay. So that was a major one. But beauty is pain. People worked through that. Yeah. It's really the construction. Oh. Okay. You just hear someone coming a mile away. They're like claws. I also bet it was bad for the environment to make all those wooden shoes. Yeah, I mean, who wants trees? True, true. Um, as a woman, if I can call you that, who was previously a teenage girl, if I could call you that as well, um, how hard is it to deal with parents who just don't want to spend the money that it, that it takes for you to be up on the current trends? I'll tell you, true fashionistas, money is no object. Okay. And not that I would spend a lot, but... Being creative with what oh, you have is yeah. more important than spending your money. A good trip to Goodwill, money. right? Precisely. Or through the dumpster behind Costco. Oh. I hear Kroger has some good clothes, too. It they depends on the day of the week. Diving. You're in a different place now, though. You can afford you know, the top brand, the Versace. Obviously. Yeah. So, obviously, you don't need to go to Kroger and, and try to rip some stuff in you know, two to make it look like a crop top. No. Strictly Target. Target, yeah, absolutely. But it, so, so this whole makes sense to you that there would be some pressure from Pearl to to Eugene, who never wants to spend any money. Um, it makes sense that you know, like the teenage girl would just be irrational about fashion, or is that just some sort of like box that we've kind of put teenage girls in? Pearl deserves to be in that box. Okay. Other teenage. She's girls, pretty one-sided. Yeah, she's yeah. not. She doesn't have a lot of depth. She's not a Kelly Kapinski. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's not. No, no, not at all. Her knowledge is completely shallow. I was, I had such a crush on Kelly Kapinski. Anyway, how important can is I, it can to. I jump in here real quick? It's only with my permission. It's Kelly Kapinski. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you liked her so much. Anyway, all the way back to the, because we didn't cut that segment at all. (laughs) Um, Hey, Julia, how important is it to stay current with the the fashion world? Of utmost importance. Okay. Of all the things that are important in life, I know you have a kid now. Of all the things that are important in life, how important is fashion? Fashion and my child are in the top five. Top five? Wow. Yeah. What are the other three? Well, of course, loved ones. Loved ones. Okay. Couponing. I know you love your good coupons. You have to coupon or what are you doing with your life? And then then the last one, which I'm guessing is number one. (laughs) Number one is articulation. Articulation. To be articulate. Yes. About your certain points. Yes. That is is a good good point. Uh, My last question for you. Thanks so much for joining us again here on the Smashpod. Is life real at all? As far as I know it to be, absolutely not. And that is that is all we have for you, Julia. Thanks for joining us here on the SpongePod. Anytime. Cool. 
All right. That was awesome. What a great episode to come back on, right? I mean, we had a great conversation with Julia right there about fashion. We were able to really dig into the episode and how we were able to uh, analyze the, the fashion of the episode. Uh, but also just to be back since last April 2018. 2018. It's been a while, but I'm happy that we're back. We're going to do this with a bit more gusto coming forward. <laughs> we have some time to be able to, to record some episodes. And we're just really excited to be back. We're, we're really uh, pumped to, to bring you guys some more um, over analysis of SpongeBob. Um, here on the Sponge Pod, I just want to give a quick shout out to our data research by Stephen A. Smith, our, our associate producer, Max Kellerman. Creative producer is Mike Greenberg. We have our child care producer, that's Christina Crosley. Our office assistant is Zach Cooper. Our audio engineer is Jessica Brummett. Music by DJ Eugene. And our music and cover art are by the man, the myth, the milky, Michael G. Right. Make sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at the Sponge Pod as well as YouTube. We also accept your email questions at thespongepod at gmail.com. And I just I, I gotta say, buddy, it's so good to be back. It was a beauty that killed the beast before they had the chance to watch SpongeBob. Truly epic. Truly epic. Do you know what that's from? I know because it's on the script. Because it's on the script. <laughs> you dirty man. (laughs) We are going to be back with more episodes next week. Have a good one.